Hello everyone and welcome to the story of Yehuda part 2. Now, my wife told me, full disclosure, my wife listened to last week's Parsha episode and she said, David Chai, you need to sound way less intense. She said it much nicer, but she was like, you sound way too intense, just like chill. And basically, I'm going to try to chill. I, I will try to do that. Um, but I also noticed besides that, that I missed out a, an interesting part of last week's Parsha that talks about Yehuda that I'm going to bring up right now. So in last week's Parsha, we ended off with Tamar and Yehuda and the whole affair that they had. Not really affair, more like a union, whatever that they had, and Tamar's trickery and all this and all that. So once Yehuda admits to Tamar that he was the one who was wrong and really she shouldn't be burned and he, you know, he admits that he was wrong and everything, the Parsha continues and says that Tamar gives, conceived that night and she gave birth to twins. And as she was giving birth, one twin reached out his arm. Um, this twin was called Zerach. Um, and the maid, uh, the, sorry, the, uh, not the maid, the midwife, that's what it is. The midwife put a red thread, like a bracelet, around the arm of this little child. I think some commentaries say that that's for, uh, to showcase the firstborn, you know, to just like, to see who came out first. But regardless, so this twin, Zerach, takes out his arm. He gets a bracelet put on him. But his little brother in the, in the womb is like, oh, no way. And so he pulls him back in. He pushes him out of the way. And he comes out first. And the, and the midwife says, wow, you have been so pushy. So, uh, so intense. Kind of like somebody else. So, uh, so pushy you've been, you know. So, um, so like, I don't know, just like very, very... Basically, pushy is the word. I can't really think of another one. And so she calls him parrots because parrots means to breach. And so he kind of breached his brother and like breached the womb, you know. And he was he was pushing also. He, pushy is is parrots can also mean push, breach and push are kind of the same thing, in in a sense. And so that's part of the story of last week. So she calls the one who pushed himself, who pushed it, who pushed his way out of the womb first, parrots, because parrots means to breach. And she called the one with the crimson thread around him, Zerach, because Zerach means radiant. Um, and and uh, the red the red bracelet is a radiant bracelet. Um, it, it doesn't say that in the Parsha, but that's the assumption. Although parrots is exclusively stated in the Parsha. Anyways, that's Yehuda's two children have been born to him thus far. So now comes the story of the famine and Paro and the dreams that he had. And we all know this and we all know the confrontation that Yosef had with his brothers and all this and all that. Fine. So we know that the brothers go to Yosef. <clears throat> Yosef tells them to bring their younger brother back. And he leaves Shimon in Egypt while they all go back. And the and the, the brothers have to somehow find a way to bring Benjamin back to Egypt with them, with Yaakov giving them the A-OK to do so. The problem is, first of all, Yaakov is not going to give them the A-OK to do so. It's his last son from Rachel. And he's very overprotective of him because of what happened with Yosef. And Yaakov said he doesn't want to send Benjamin in the first place because something might happen to him. Pen Asonti Yellow or something. And so the brothers have this dilemma before them. What do they do? So first Reuven goes to Yaakov and he says, Look, Abba, we need to bring back 
Ah, but we need to bring back Binyamin because otherwise we can't get food. And um, Yaakov says, no way. Like, that's not happening. There's no way. So anyways, after that conversation, you know, it's been like a couple of months. And everyone's getting hungry. Like, there's no food left. Their provisions are running out. And the, the Yaakov tells the brothers, we have to, you know, you have to go and uh, you have to go and get food. And Yehuda tells Yaakov, look, Abba, we can't go back without Binyamin. That's just how it is. You know that like, there's no point of us going back without Binyamin. We really can't do it. We're not going to be let in. Like, you, know that, you know what the deals were. And Yaakov gets upset and he says, why did you do that? And the brothers say, why did you tell him we, you had a, a younger brother? And the brothers say, he asked us, he was accusing us of being spies and all this and all that. And so then Yehuda steps in and he says, look, Abba, we have to get going. Okay, people, our whole family is going to die. They're going to all perish if we don't go and get food from Mitzrayim now. In terms of Binyamin, I will be personally responsible for him. I will make sure he comes back in one piece and he will be mine. He will be my responsibility. And if you hadn't held us back, Abba, we could have done this twice by now. We could have been back twice by now. I promise you, you'll see him in one piece when I get back. And if he's not back, I will have been a sinner to you for all time. These are very powerful words. So Yaakov acquiesces and he lets them take Binyamin back. And we, all, we know the whole story, right? We know that Binyamin goes back with, we know that Binyamin goes back with Yo, to Yosef. Yosef seats them in his palace. He gives them a nice meal. He gives Binyamin way more than he gives the brothers. Um, he reunites Shimon with the brothers. And it seems like everything's good. It seems like everything is great on their front. And so Yosef tells, like while the meal is happening in the palace, Yosef tells his messengers, we all know, he tells them, put my silver cup in their, in the pouch of the youngest brother, in the pouch of Binyamin. So the brothers in the morning are completely unaware of this, that this happened, right? And so they leave the city, they leave Egypt, sorry, they leave Egypt, and they're just all happy, you know, finally the whole thing's over, they can go back home with Binyamin, the whole debacle's done. Except, Yosef tells his messenger, go to the brothers, and search, and, you know, and, uh, and go after the brothers and, you know, enact this plan. Accuse Binyamin, accuse them of stealing the cup and bring them back to me. So the messenger goes, there's this confrontation, and the messenger says, how can you, once he catches up with the brothers, he says, how could you repay the good that my master gave you with evil? And the brothers are like, what are you talking about? Like, I have no idea, what do you mean? Like, we, everything was good, we were on good terms. And the messenger says, no, the cup that my master uses, the silver cup for, for his divine purposes or whatever, whatever, sorry, I dropped something, whatever Nichesh means, it was stolen and one of you stole it. You were the only ones invited into his home last night, you know, like, a, and we're at the table with him. And the brothers said, there's no way, if any of us did it, he can die, and the rest of us can. Uh, the rest of us will be your slaves. That's how sure they were of themselves. One of us can die, and the rest of us will be your slaves. And the messenger says, "Okay, this is the deal. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to open up all your packs, all your backpacks. I know there. I know that the rest of you who didn't steal it must be honest, because you've already brought back the money, right? Like he's. I'm assuming this is like a little bit of an embellishment, but he basically says 
the, the verses say that he says that what the terms are is that whoever has the cup, that's who I'm going to take back with me as a slave. And the rest of you are scot-free. You can go home free. I'm just adding that I think that it's because like it's under the guise of the rest of you are probably trustworthy and everything. And the and so the brothers say, okay, they all quickly they lower lower their backpacks onto the ground, you know, and they they're all just like, go ahead. We guarantee you there's nothing there. But the messenger starts from the oldest and he goes all the way to the youngest. And the youngest is Binyamin. And so obviously all the brothers are like happy, you know, like, oh, you see, you didn't find it in my bag. You didn't find it in my bag. They're not saying this, but it's, I'm assuming that's what happened. And finally it gets to the youngest brother, to Binyamin. This is in the verses. And so he opens it up and it's in Binyamin's backpack. And all the brothers tear their clothing. They put all their belongings back in their donkeys and they go to Yosef. And Yosef says, why would you do this? Why would you do this? Don't you know that I am a man who will notice these things? And Yehuda steps up to Yosef. This is really, this, this is kind of like a cliffhanger in the Parsha, but he says, look, let me speak to you candidly and privately because you're, you're like Para, whatever that means. And so Yehuda steps up and he says, what can we say to what can we say to you, Yosef, like, to you? You know, they still think that he is the leader of Egypt. How can we speak? How can we prove our innocence? And he says out loud, God has uncovered our old guilt. Let us be your slaves. Let us all be your slaves. Like we'll all be your slaves together, because at least that way, Yehuda and well, everybody will protect Binyamin, right? Because at least that way they'll keep him alive. And Yosef says, Heaven forbid that I do that. Only the person who had the cup, only Binyamin is going to be my slave. The rest of you can go in peace to your father. And Yehuda, um, now he says, please let me talk to you personally. Don't be angry, even though you're just like Para. So Yehuda says, we've been completely honest with you. You asked if we had a brother. You asked if we had a father. We told you everything you wanted to hear. This young boy, he is our father's favorite child. If he doesn't come back with us to our father, our father will die. Like, he, his soul is so tied up with this, with this brother's soul that he, he's just going to die if Binyama doesn't come back. And so you see Yehuda in this week's Parsha. Yehuda in this week's Parsha is stepping up. He gets things done. He, gets the, he's, he is the one who is pushing to go back and get, the, and get the food from Egypt. And he is the one who is pushing to take Binyamin. And he is the one who is taking up responsibility on what he promised to take responsibility for with Binyamin. Now that's where it ends in this week's Parsha. Okay, and I even went a little bit into Vayigash, but shh, you don't have to tell anybody about that. It's uh, it's stay between us. But Yehuda in this week's Parsha, even though Yosef placed it in such a way that everything that happened is, can be Binyamin's fault, you know, as opposed to when the brothers sold Yosef, Yosef was blameless. You know, he was an annoying kid. Nobody really liked him. But... He was pretty blameless. Like, you know, just like, it's an annoying brother. Like, you deal with what you have to deal with. I know there's commentaries who say he was actually guilty of things. <clears throat> but from the verses, he was just like a tattletale and a bit of a naive kid. You know? He was... He was, uh, he was just like an annoying brother from what we see in the verses. But Binyamin, in this story, Binyamin could be completely the cause of blame. Because the brothers all knew that they did not steal that money. Because they all knew that they kept that money to give back to the Paro after their first trip. But who wasn't there the first time with them? Binyamin wasn't there the first time with them. Binyamin was getting five times the amount of food that they were getting in the palace. 
Binyamin, they can think very easily, was really the one who stole the cup. And yet they still, they still, Yehuda still stands up for him. Right? And I know that most likely the it's even possible that the brothers knew for a fact that Binyamin didn't steal the cup. But I think it makes the story more powerful if they did know. If they did think that the Binyamin would steal the cup. Because that way Binyamin was actually somebody they could blame for what they did. For what he did. As opposed to Yosef. Binyamin places them all in jeopardy. Yosef was just a little bit annoying. And now you see from here Yehuda's complete teshuva. He goes from he goes from suggesting to he goes from suggesting selling his annoying brother to defending with all his life and all his might the younger brother who may have well gotten him and his brothers in trouble. I want to wish everybody a great Shabbos and happy Hanukkah. Thank you.